Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in New York. Today is Monday, July 13th, 2020. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. And today we are reading from the big book. We are at, um, we are on the forward to the second edition. We are at page XVII, the third paragraph. It was now time, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, France N, the 12 traditions, Marge E, Readers of the text are Maria F., Lisa B., Du L., Waiting in the Wings. Our newcomer greeter will be Claire B., and the host for the second hour is Nancy P. Okay, today, uh, the reference numbers for Sunday, July 12th, was 14967. That's 14967. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask France N. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, France. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is France N. I'm in Lillian, Alabama, and here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 
eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, France N. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you, uh, 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Melissa, and I pass. Thank you so much. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, I'll I'll gently remind you of the time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, 
press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the forward to the second edition. We're on page XVII, the third paragraph, It Was Now Time, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. And I will now ask Maria F. to begin reading. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Maria F. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Dublin in Ireland. It was now time the struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience before the world. This determination bore fruit in the spring of 1939 by the publication of this volume. The membership had then reached about 100 men and women. The fledgling society, which had been nameless, now began to be called Alcoholics Anonymous from the title of its own book. The flying blind period ended and AA entered a new phase of its pioneering time. Yeah, and this is about the big book and, and the publication of the big book. And, and I love the paragraphs Marie did because they encouraged me to look at the history of AA and look at how it all began. And it really is a great paragraph because it gives an outline of the publication of what we know now as the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And although at the time there were over 100 other names considered for the title of the book, you know, there was names like The Way Out, 100 Men, The Empty Glass, before they finally settled on on the title of um, Alcoholics Anonymous. And it's hard to believe when we see yeah, the level of Zoom meetings and workshops that are taking place all over the world, that there was a time when the fellowship once struggled and struggled both financially and with a lot of back and forth debate and opposition within the groups about the content of the book and whether or not to include the word God and so forth. And um, However, you know, it was through Bill Wilson's sheer determination and and perseverance and with the absolute support of, of Dr. Bob that we have the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous today. Um, and the sentence that really spoke to me where it says, you know, it is now time the struggling groups thought to place their message and unique experience to the world. Because uh, they, like me, had unique experience. They had experience being in the trenches and they had experienced recovery. Um, yeah, and I looked up the word unique and it's described as being the only one of its kind um, and unlike anything else because the truth is that the message they carried was unlike anything else. It was the only one of a kind because it was a message with depth and weight. It described a problem and most of all, it offered me a solution. It offered me a way out through the 12 steps and it offered hope because prior to this, if you were um, anything like me and were of the hopeless variety, you'd only want no other option and that was death. There was no solution. Um, and you know, it's by the grace of God that I have recovery today. Um, and my desire today is to carry this unique experience to the still suffering compulsive overeater and asking God every day, you know, show me how to carry this message um, and ask him, you know, where I could be a service. And I pay forward. I absolutely pay forward because as long uh, as I live, I'll never be able to give back what I've been given in, uh, in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, and thank God, and I haven't t- timed myself, so maybe you'll, you'll tell me when time is up, Melissa, but yeah, just thank God that, 
you know, Bill and Bob had the idea back in 1937 to publish a book. Um, and they believed that in the print form, and it was the best way to carry the message because it was the least likely chance that the message would be distorted and diluted. Um, and they knew, they hoped, you know, that, that, that this book would be carried far and wide to countries where there were no meetings, there were no sponsors and, and no fellowship. And I don't know if they realised back then the impact um, of, of the textbook. Um, and it was a very new fellowship at the time. Um, and that everything that the book said about alcoholics and their problems still applies today, 85 years later, translated into many different languages. Um, and as somebody on this line always shares, you know, um, it was penned by, I, and I believe it too, that the book was penned by um, Bill, but divinely inspired by God. And Lois talks about that when she talked about when Bill, the night he wrote the 12 steps, that, okay, I'll finish on this, that he prayed. He prayed and then the words just flowed. The words of the 12 steps just came from him and they tumbled from him, she said. So thanks for listening to me. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for getting us started, Maria F. Okay, so um, before I open up the lines for sharing, I just want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. So if you shared on Friday or, um, oh, I've got the wrong thing in front of me. Yep, so it's Thursday or Friday because today is Monday. Um, we ask that you refrain in order that others might share their experience so, um, who would like to share? Nessa R. Lisa B. Lou B. Uh, B. Sue B. Teresa P. Teresa P. Carmel G. Got room for another one? Anyone else want to share? Okay, so Maya I'll tell K. you. Oh, Maya. Great, Maya K. We'll stop there. So I've got Nessa R, Lisa B, Sue B, Teresa P, Carmela G, and Maya K. All righty. Good morning, Nessa R. You can get us started. Good morning. Good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. You know, whenever I read the uh, forward to the second edition and all the history and the trials and tribulations and the trial and error that these guys went through to um, structure the program that we get served today in a, in a silver platter, no pun intended, I feel so grateful. You know, so so grateful that everything is ready for me. You know, like I have all the instructions that I need in this tiny little book. And yet, you know, when I look at my history in AA, I came in 17 years ago. I've been recovered by the grace of God through the working of the 12 steps in entire abstinence now for about eight and a half years. So what happened to the previous nine years? And the fact is that, you know, I came in. Um, trying to reinvent the wheel, and some of us do. And, you know, the, 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 the fact that I accomplished nothing the first nine years proves that that doesn't work. You know, like I started, you know, I started um, with the food, trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, like playing with the concept of entire abstinence. Well, you know, I don't have to be entirely abstinent. If I am 
almost abstinent or uh, imperfectly abstinent or sloppy abstinent, and that's, that's good enough. And it wasn't enough. You know, I was abstinent on and off for nine years, more off than on. Um, same thing with the working of the steps. You know, I followed like, the instructions from many other different places except for the big book. You know, there's a plethora of, of um, literature out there that uh, dilutes the message, that dilutes the instructions, um, and therefore doesn't lead to recovery. And that doesn't work. And why do I have to do that? I have everything I need in the, in the, in the six, 164 pages plus the doctor's opinion. You know, when I finally found somebody in whom the problem had been solved, who she herself had been taken through the steps according to the big book in entire abstinence, and she, she taught me the importance of doing so, and she took me through the same path that she had traveled, you know, that's when I recovered. I mean, it wasn't a completely smooth road. There were, there were some bumps along the way. But by and large, that's when my recovery happened, when I finally identified these are my trigger foods, trigger ingredients, trigger behaviors, black and white. There's no gray areas. There's no green foods and yellow foods and red foods. It's either I can eat it or I cannot. And then um, I followed the instructions that they are precisely laid out in this book. Then um, I achieve recovery and I maintain it um, day by day as I continue to work the instructions in the big book in steps 10, 11, and 12 in entire abstinence. Like it's just so simple. I mean, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be recovered. But it is so simple, you know, just get rid of all the other distractions and, and just use what we have here. Like these guys went to great pains to figure it all out. I don't have to figure it all out. When I was trying to figure it out, I ended up over 70 pounds overweight and, 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 and totally miserable and insane. And now I'm happy, joyous, and free. I enjoy my life. I, you know, uh, I enjoy being around people. People enjoy being around me. It's such a change. And all I had to do was follow the instructions contained in here. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Nessa R. Okay, next up will be Lisa B., and Lisa will be followed by Subi. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's here. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I do spell my name L-E-S-A. There's so much um, history here, and I love when I work with fellows and sharing with them these forwards and going through them and reading them. And I also started reading uh, the his, um, AA Comes of Age. That was so wonderful. And why is it important to read this? Well, not only for the history, but because it ignites an excitement. For me, it ignited an excitement. And I love how we're told in this book that we have a, a way out. That's what it tells me, and there is a solution. We can absolutely agree and we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. And I like that it says bore fruit. And I heard an AA speaker share, say, he was speaking about step three, that if I'm not bearing fruit in my life, that self-will is, is getting in the way. And I, I have to look at, am I bearing fruit in my program? Um, the other thing I wanted to share on is the pioneer. This is the pioneer time. They're, they're entering a new phase of the pioneering time. And I love reading the personal stories and the pioneers of AA. And again, there is just miraculous experiences that are shared in those stories. 
I love gratitude in action. He was one of the pioneers and that's one of the founders of AA in Canada. And that's a miraculous story of how just this book alone that was transmitted in the mail, he was able to get recovered. And that says to me that the sponsee doesn't have to be dependent on me. They can actually get into this work and start to read what we're going through. Even before we sit down to read together, they can start to read it. They can take uh, interest and want to do this. And then um, I love the story. He sold himself short in the pioneer section. And that is the story of a man that gets recovered in the Oxford group and then transitions into AA and then becomes a part of helping AA spread. And we learn so much about the history there and I can identify in with their feelings. And I love our Southern friend. And even though that's a man that was born in a whole different time period, whole different experience, but yeah, I can totally relate to what he shares about how he felt when he was growing up. So anyways, um, I love the miracle of this program because if it happened in this book coming together and the fellowship coming together, it can happen for me inside of me. And I just wanted to share that, that uh, gratitude and the enthusiasm I feel. And I pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa B. Okay, next up is Sue B, and then Sue will be followed by Teresa P. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is actually Lou B, L-O-U. Gotcha. Thanks, L-O-U. Gotcha. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. So what what jumps out to me is the the word unique experience, you know, and to me that um, equals miracle, right? I mean, something unique and different and... um, yeah. So for me, what that unique experience is, is that I have been brought out of the darkness of isolation, self, despair, anxiety and depression and into the sunlight of the spirit where today I really live in peace and joy and freedom. You know, um, as a recovered woman, my life is 180 degrees different from what it was like before. And, you know, I think the a hallmark difference in my life is that today I really do focus on others. You know, I live in a place of abundance and and I have lots and lots of space and room for other people and to be of service to them and to God. And that's so different from how I lived before, you know, because before, even though I would have told you I was not a selfish person, I was I was very selfish. I mean, nobody followed my script and I was very focused on myself and um you know today today I'm not today I really live a very um uh, you know in the moment life and and I think that 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 that's what my program is 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 about you know so um i just I just know that my higher power's will is being done in my life and in the lives of others and um that you know we are all his precious children and and that my job today is to suit up and show up and and live by this program that has been laid out before us. So, um, you know, for me, this is a WE program. And I lived for so many years with, you know, through self-sufficiency. And um, and today I know that, that uh, I, I need people. Now, I don't – you guys are not the answer. You know, you guys are a tool – uh, the answer is my higher power and my relationship with my higher power. 
but um, through the steps and through literature and through this meeting, the big book, uh, I I find my higher power. I find that conscious contact with my higher power, and uh, I'm so grateful for that today. You know, today I wake up, I'm full of energy, I'm full of gratitude and um, acceptance and all those things, and I'm, I'm just really grateful. So thanks for hearing my name, and thanks for letting me share, and I hope everybody has a great day. I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lou B. Okay, next up is Teresa P., and Teresa will be followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. I'm Teresa P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and uh, grateful for this opportunity. And, you know, what a what a wonderful thing it is that we get to uh, uh, read the, the forewords and the uh, prefaces and it, you know, it, it tells so much. And what it shows me, and uh, I actually became interested in them before I got to a vision for you. And, uh, I, and I got to see at that time that, you know, it showed me the hand of God. I mean, nothing could be so successful uh, as the um, AA program without, you know, God doing it, you know, and uh, then the same, you know, for my life, you know, I came from, you know, wanting to be the walking dead, wanting to be dead, just please let me die. I can't do this world anymore. And, you know, I had a home and a husband and kids and, you know, and that wasn't enough. And um, what I've got to do is just the, you know, the hand of God in my life, just like it's shown in this book. And, you know, to realize that it's always thy will be done and it's getting done. And and I'm going through a, another phase in my life where, you know, things are just changing. And I'm going, well, I had all these things set up. They were wonderful things. And they were. But you know what? It goes back to what does God want? <laughs> and what God wants is what's happening. So I get to deal with what's happening. And the good news is, is I don't have to do it alone. And... You know, I have program, and I have this book that shows me, you know, other people have, you know, um, suffered and trotted. It does this, you know, we trudge the road of happy destiny. And uh, what I get to do today is it's, it's just different, and um, I get to be at home, and I get to be um, physically different uh, with uh, new challenges in my life. And... I'm happy in so much, so many ways. I'm not, not happy about a lot of things that are happening. But what I get to do is stop and go, okay, this is what I am to do. And, you know, and other people have had to accept, uh, you know, growth changes and things being different. And what I see is uh, one of the things we have done this since um, uh, the COVID virus and me being sick is I have a, we have a garden outside in our outside my my window. I wanted to see a, a flower outside there. Well, now we have a little garden out there with little vegetables and things growing, which is wonderful. And what I've seen is that not just is the garden of growing, you know, vegetables, but I get to watch, you know, my husband grow and blossom. It's just like, just such a beautiful thing. You know, we've been married for 49 years and here he is blossoming and, you know, and get to be grateful for these things in my life that I wouldn't do 
You know, I had other plans. Well, I do this and this and this. And God said, well, now you get to do this. And here it is right in front of me. And thank you so much for letting me share. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Teresa P. Okay, next up is Carmela G. And Carmela will be followed by Maya K. Good morning, Carmela. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service. This is Carmela G, a grateful compulsive overeater from Recovered in New York. Um, you know, when we read this book, each one of us gets a message and a thought individual, how we interpret it. And this paragraph um, brought me back to my childhood. And the sentence their unique experience before the world. Time now for the struggling group thought. Yes. Um, I was born uh, and lived my entire life in New York, as you all well can hear. And I grew up in Hell's Kitchen, the heart of the West Side, um, where drugs and alcohol were very prescribed very, very persuasive with the population. And we were a mixed group of people. But the one instruction my parents said was, you don't go near the Bowery. That's where the bums live. But yet we had alcoholics in our own family. And it was about time, 1939, that these people were going to change their image. And 60 years later, when I went into program and my family saw the physical change in me, and they said, wow, Carmela, how'd you do it? And I said, Alcoholics Anonymous. And they looked at me. Because, you see, the alcoholic had a very derogatory reputation. They were men who starved their families because they drank. We all know Bill's story. Selfish, self-centered, drinking into the substance. But they never realized that Carmela could be helped by this program because she was exactly the same. And this book gave us instructions on how to live and how to repair that damage of that reputation, not only within our own families, but within our communities. And to be loving and kind and extend a hand to help the men of AA and NA, as well as our fellows in OA, the men and women of all these 12 steps are men and women of honesty and integrity. And you know that if they're living in the steps, this design for living, that they are no longer flying blind because I flew blind on righteous arrogance for six decades. And the gift is I now have a design for living. Sure, I slip, I go down that hill and I get a little bit righteous sometimes, 
But guess what? I have a program that I catch it immediately and I no longer have to live in a substance and I live the steps every day and I am a walking experience for someone showing love and tolerance. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carmela J. Okay, next up is Maya K. Good morning, Maya. Hi, um, I'm Maya Kay, um, covered compulsive overeater and bulimic from New York. Um, thanks so much for meeting and um, still kind of new to vision, but um, I love this um, paragraph. Um, it um, it gives me some hope um, because I look at, you know, these people depending on this, it's just like fledgling you know, like this new program during a time that was shaky, you know, 1939, like what was going on in the world. And, um, you know, um, I've been feeling like uh, just very shaky this uh, whole weekend with what's going on in our world. And um, um, I feel like this is the only thing that I've, I've ever really depended on in my life, the, this you know, big book that's ever really um, helped me in any way, you know, even if I've done it imperfectly, it's the only thing that's really, um, you know, helped me. Um, like I've heard it, you know, the the saying in the book, like a flimsy read, it's, you know, although it's it's invisible, it's, it's what's really the only thing that's ever helped me. But I, I do have to say I've been you know, fantasizing, you know, um, like picking up and, you know, laxatives and just what's it all for kind of feeling. Um, and, you know, it's scary. So I, I thought I should share. Um, I have to go to work and um, I just needed to um, connect and I've been isolating and, uh, um, and I know that, um, I don't know, I just need to reach out um because um, I know the spirit of this book is all around us, and people in this book are, I feel like, are with us. And uh, um, and uh, you know, this is the only thing that's ever really kept me from going under. Even when people around me are using food, and um, my family, nobody's in recovery, and. Uh, person I live with isn't in recovery and and it's been a challenge and um um I just keep praying and um um and you know I just uh I'm grateful for this program because I didn't have a, a way to live and um before this program I had a God but I didn't really know how to use it um, until I had the steps, but um, I just, you know, pray for God's will to be done in my life and for and in everyone else's lives um, a day at a time. So um, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, thank you so much, Maya Kay. I'm glad you're reaching out. Um, 
All right, so for those of you that are just getting on um, or you're not quite sure where we are, we are on page XVII. We're in the third paragraph. It was now time, and we're reading one paragraph only. So if you didn't share um, Thursday or Friday last week, um, we invite you to share. Liz P. UK. Liz. Katie K. Linda D. Zavala S. Plat E. Linda D. Do L. Laura New Jersey. Okay, hold on one second. Um, let me just stop right there because I know I missed a bunch of people. Um, I got Liz B. I got Devora S. I got Claire. I didn't quite catch your last initial, Claire, so you'll tell me when you get on. I got Do L. I got, I don't know if it was a Laura I heard. Was there a Laura? Did you get Liz in the UK? Are you Liz B? I, well, I, I'm, I'm, my name is Liz E, and I think you may have heard B. I'm not sure. I, think I did. So you were like the first voice I heard, Liz E. Okay. Thank you. So and Christine Liz W. E. Say that again. Christine W. from New Jersey. Christine W. Okay. Katie so B. Oh, sorry. Katie B. All right. Let me stop right there. I got Liz E., Devorah S., Claire, Do L., I thought I heard a Laura. Um, I'm not sure if, if I got that right. Um, yes, Laura Lou B. Laura Lou, that's it. Laura Lou B. Thank okay. you. Christine W. and Katie B. Okay, so we're going to stop there. So um, Liz E. from the UK, would you please begin? Good morning. Morning. Uh, Liz E. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Wow, isn't it amazing to be able to say that. Um, thank you to everybody doing service on this call today. I am just so, so grateful. I can't tell you. Um, the word struggling stood, stood out for me. I've struggled for years with relapse and recover, a small bit of recovery but I recently encountered a spiritual awakening and real recovery and um, working the steps every day. And it is just the most unique experience. And it is just the most incredible thing um, to really understand that my problem isn't food. My problem is a buildup of human emotion that I don't have healthy strategies for dealing with. Um, and I just have all of these amazing things that these ladies and gentlemen before us have set up. And I can't be more uh, grateful. And um, the bore fruit, being fruitful, that is what I just have to do. I just have to be helping other people. And I have a joy in my heart helping other people today. Um it's quite challenging because um, I've got an amazing sponsor and she kind of helps and guides me on sponsoring. 
so that I really genuinely do bear fruit because you can find yourself going down a rabbit hole that might not bear fruit. Um, and I'm just so grateful for the membership. And I like the fact that it said men and women, so it's for everybody. And, um, you know, that they kept going because back in 1937, this would have been so, so radical for people to be attending. I mean, people don't really understand what I do. Um, I don't often mention it, really. But so um, I have also been flying blind for quite a long time before finding a vision for you. So any newcomers on the call today, just feel really encouraged. You're in the right place. And you will get there. And um, thank you. And I'll pass. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Liz E. Okay, next up is Devorah S. And Devorah will be followed by Claire. Good morning, Devorah. Hi. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Melissa, and everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, um, you know, reading this paragraph and hearing everybody sharing is really quite amazing and awesome. And this book was, this, this, these people were struggling. You know, they wanted to get this message out to other people. They weren't struggling like I was struggling with the food. They were, they were sober already, but they, they, had a, they had information. They had a way of life to reach other people and to help other people. You know, when I'm struggling, I'm in myself. You know, I don't want to deal with anybody. I'm totally, you know, isolated. My 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 shades are drawn. I'm not, I don't want to talk to anyone. And I just want to be into me. And here, these people, you know, they were looking to share their unique experience um, with others. How awesome is that? And you know, I too was looking. And when I was struggling, I too was looking. I thought I had the only. I was unique. I nobody. Nobody suffered like I suffered. Nobody struggled like with life like I I was struggling. You know, nobody. Nobody ate like I ate. Nobody was able to deal with others like like me. I was the one who was poor me, poor me. You know, and um, and it was like that for years and years until I came into this program, and I heard everybody's unique experience. I heard everybody tell their story, and I said. Wow, that's me. That's me. Finally, I met people who 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 dealt who who had the same experience as I, you know. And I wasn't unique anymore. Here was a group of people, and they knew how to deal with life. You know, you knew how to deal with life, and you taught me how what I can do through these twelve steps. How I could stop eating, get abstinent, put the food down. And and then live life through these twelve steps. How, uh, what what a miracle that is for me today. That I'm not struggling anymore. I have a way of life. I have a way. The blind. I wasn't flying blind anymore. You know, I wasn't looking to see what else is out there. I was like, this is it. This is the answer. You know, coming into this program and getting a sponsor and learning how to work the steps. And that's something I learn every single day. It's not like I. I'm done. Every day is an opportunity to seek God's will for me and and to get close to him and to see what is it? What does God want from me today? You know, and 
And, um, you know, I, too, grew up in New York City, and I, I didn't grow up in Manhattan, but I grew up in the Bronx, and um, I remember seeing, you know, as we traveled through New York to get to Brooklyn, we went through the Bowery, and I remember very vividly as a child seeing the drunks on the street, laying, just sitting there, um, and like not understanding what are they doing, what is this about, um, and knowing that they were, uh, I was told that they were drunk, and they couldn't function, and this is where they hung out. But I couldn't understand, like, what, it didn't relate to me until I read these pages in the book, because honestly, wasn't I the same way? Wasn't I frozen and not able to move and not able to deal with life when I was drunk on food? Absolutely. Um, So, 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 thank you. So I'm so grateful um, that I had this, that I had this opportunity every single day to work this program with part of you guys, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, too, Deborah S. Okay, next up is Claire, and Claire will be followed by Duel. And Claire, I did not get your last initial, so if you could offer that up. Sure, no problem. Hi there, my name's Claire E. I'm from the UK as well, um, down in Cornwall. I'm from Recover Compulsive Eater. Thank you so much for um, your service. Um, what a paragraph. There's so much in there. Um, so I'll pick up first on their message and their unique experience. So there's two things that this book contains. One is the program, which is essentially, in my, my experience, the first 164 pages. And then there's a unique experience. So there we've got the stories, people's experience, you know, what actually happened to them, what they were like, what happened and what we're like now. And that's the two things that I really need to try and transmit to anybody I speak to who's new to OA is that I have a message, I have a program that I can impart, I I can share, I can show people what I've done, but also my experience because that's what what hooked me. That was the message of depth and weight was that somebody who'd suffered with what I suffered from no longer had to do that. And, um, you know, what, what, what my story is, because that's, that's what, that's what I identify with when I speak to other overeaters. Um, and that's what they outlined. And, um, you know, it's worth, I kind of sitting there doing the math a little bit. So Bill, Bill W. sobered up in November 1934. And he um, worked with loads of people and finally, you know, sort of got his little soulmate with Dr. Bob in, in, in June 1935. So it was six months or so it took him to, to find, to fly blind, you know, flying blind. I've just looked it up to be in a situation where you have nothing to help or guide you. So he was trying to 12 step with no real idea of how he did 12 step. And, um, you know, we've all heard the stories of how he used to lecture people and, you know, sort of tell them they had to get God straight away. But he finally sort of came up with a recipe, if you like, that worked when he, when he 12 step walked to Bob. And then they, this is 1939, this gets written. So it's four years and they've got a hundred people. And, you know, so that's, that's really slow progress. And there was an awful lot, I guess, of trial and error. Um, and that's what I've certainly had to do in my own recovery. Is there's an awful lot of trial and error of stuff that works and stuff that doesn't around the food, around my defects with character, around everything. It's all that sort of the fine, the fine tuning to get something that does work. You know, we learn as much from our mistakes as we do from our successes. And, um, and you know, it was that point then that they decided that obviously we were going to put it before the world because they knew it worked. They got 100 people now who were doing the same thing. And, you know, it's worth also mentioning that they didn't have a program before the big book was written. There was no such thing as the 12 steps. They were just sort of using various different principles that worked and, and the ones that worked sort of stuck and the ones that didn't, didn't. And, and thank God, you know, that their flying bind period ended when they wrote the book. And then the new phase of a pioneering time and to pioneer, you know, to be at the forefront of a new development 
And that's what they were doing. They were then leading by example from their own experience. So I thank God, you know, that they did participate in this and that this um, book was written because by this book, obviously, then the expansion and the mushrooming process started. And, um, and if it hadn't done that, I would be dead. And that's, that's the fact. Um, so very, very grateful for all those pioneers um, to have put in the time and energy into doing the trial and error. And people die for that. You know, people die because of the trial and error. People have died for this big book to have been written um, and what didn't work as well. I will leave it there and pass with that. Many thanks. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, next up we have Duel, and Duel will be followed by Laura Lou B. And I'm not sure that we're going to be able to get to everybody today, so um, we'll just do our best. All right, Duel, you're up. Good morning. This is Duel, Recover Compulsive Overeater, and the previous speaker. <laughs> Um, uh, she shared pretty much what I was going to share, which is um, the struggling group prior to 1939, there was no uh, program set because these 100 men and women who had recovered first, they passed the word of mouth. So it was a very, very slow progress. The groups were about two or three or five, and then they started to develop into bigger groups. But there was still about 100 people. It wasn't like a lot of people because the progress was very, very slow. And so now they're going to, and they were, they were having individual experiences. They didn't have the 12 steps at this point in time. Um, they, prior to 1939, they had basic principles, and each one had their own basic principles that they were transmitting to other people. Um, you know, Dr. Bob, for instance, he was, um, I mean, he was using the Bible. He was using some of those principles from the Bible to pass that on to others. Bill, on the other hand, he took six principles from the Oxford group, and he says, I'm going to stick to that. You know, uh, I'm not going to deviate from those six principles. And so everybody had their own experience that they were passing on to others, but they did not have a collective experience. You know, they had... Uh, individual experiences, but now they, they come as a collective group and they say, no, we want a collective experience. We want to pen this into a book so that we can pass our a collective experience yet on to others. So they published this book in 1939, and by 1938, um, the end of 1938, Bill had, had that experience with um, the, the pages where he came up with the 12 steps. Um, and he wrote that in about a half an hour. And so now this book is, is written, is, is uh, fulfilled, and now they're going to pass it on to others. Now, to come up with their name, it took them a little while to also come up with a name, but they finally agreed on Alcoholics Anonymous. And that was also a struggle because they didn't know what that was going to look like for their group. And so today, we see that that flying period was the fact that they didn't have a solution for alcoholism prior to 1939, you know, they didn't have a solution. They were kind of like struggling to get that solution. <clears throat> they came up with concepts that were working and they were having these experiences that were working. And now they're saying, no, no, now we've grown up enough to pen a book to pass our collective experience to others of how it works. 
that's fantastic because I came into this program, you know, I, I mean, I used to read the Bible and, and read the do's and don'ts, but I didn't have the how-to. And this book gives you the how-to of how to recover from alcoholism. doesn't mean cured. It means recovered. It means my obsession of the mind and allergy of the body get arrested, and I'm moving towards a new way of life. That's what this book offers me. And I'm so grateful because um, I, I just end up with this. Um, you know, it's a little different from our OA program. Because in our OA program, it gives us a, a different direction. It tells us, you know, you can eat while you're working the steps. You can, you can sponsor while you're working the steps. This one tells me differently. It says, I need to arrest this disease before I work the steps. That's the difference. That's the miracle of this. And, and as I go through the process of ego reduction, I get this spiritual awakening where it, it gives me a, a design for living that really works. And with that, I pass. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Stu. Okay, so um, I think we're not going to have time for everybody. Um, I apologize to Christine W. and Katie B. Um, if you can hang out for the second hour, we would definitely welcome you to share there. And Laura Lou, if you could um, limit your share to two minutes, we could okay. close this out. Thanks, Laura Lou. Great. Um, thanks, everyone. And I am just grateful to be here this morning um, on this incredible meeting and uh, reading this big book with all of you. I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so inspired by everyone who's gone further to learn more about the history of the program. And I love, I love learning more about the miracle. But today, I just have this visual in my mind, you know, um, they they had to put into a book a recipe to take a human and i'm you know someone was saying where they uh, in the in the streets of new york where people are you know they're laying in heaps and rags and on cardboard and that human is pulled from that heap and stands a functional person in society with love in their heart and a message to carry, that is a miracle. And if I think about myself sitting, you know, I, the image I have of myself that just helps me remember how very sick the food makes me is just that I'm, I'm on the couch and, and my whole life, my husband, my three kids, our dog, my family, everything is moving around me like one of those fast forward videos, but all you see is me on the couch, off the couch, on the couch, off the couch, food, getting food, eating the food, um, taking the dishes back to the kitchen to get more food. And that's the stuck. Someone else already mentioned feeling frozen. My life felt frozen. I was unable to act um, when I was drunk on the food. When I first came to OA, I thought, okay, the food's my addiction. I just have to stop eating the foods um, that make me fat, basically. And, um, but I could never stay sober. I could, I could put them down. I could lose some weight, but I, that was it. I'd be back at it. And this time around, I'm finally hearing um, the message. I'm finally understanding the twist of the mind that first I have to put down every ingredient that is going to trigger me physically. 
And then um, also I have to surrender to um, the fact that my life is entirely unmanageable and that I will go back to the food if I don't pick up this amazing book. And thank you so much for uh, allowing me to share today. Thank you. Okay, thank you for everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Um, and so for those of you who are getting on for the next part, it was XVII third paragraph. It was now time. Um, and the share ID for today's meeting, today being July 13th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14970. We will now close with the reading from the big book. On page 164, it will be followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read our book is meant to be suggestive only? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.